Better defense, better record. It's Brent Venables on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And Josh, Brent Venables had some things to say, as did Joe Castiglione and Joseph Harris during the SEC schedule reveal watch party over there at Rudy's Barbecue with uh, Toby Rowland, Teddy Lehman. Uh, great show. It was uh, just a lot of good insight there. But the thing that really stood out and the one that's kind of making the rounds is Brent Venables comment that if the defense is better. Then they're a 10 win team. And they're pro- they can be hanging some banners this year. So, just your initial reaction to that, Josh, and is Brent Venable standing on solid ground with that? Define better, Brent. Uh, what what is better? Because uh, better for this defense uh, could mean still not very good. But I think, judging the comment for what it is, I think what Brent Venables is saying: if this defense is closer to my expectation. Oklahoma's expectation for now and into the future what defense in the crimson and cream is going to look like then we should be able to go win 10 games yeah absolutely we should have a chance to go play for a big 12 championship and I think that we all feel that way now again feeling that way and the personnel showing us that they can go do that John after a season where they were ranked 122nd defensively Okay, obviously those are two different things, but uh, I think that Brent Venables feels like, at the very least, that potential is there. And it seems like that's the case. And that's why a lot of people are kind of high on Oklahoma returning to Big 12 prominence in 2023. It's because there's a belief that there's enough talent for that defense to improve this year. I mean, we've gone down the list on number of occasions, Dasan McCullough at linebacker and improved Danny Stutzman from a year ago and athletic fast Jaron Kanick at linebacker as well. The additions of Rondo Bothroyd, the additions of Reggie Pearson at safety, you know, the improved athleticism, should we say of maybe a Gentry Williams at cornerback and instead of Jaden Davis and Gentry Williams, a better ball player uh, than Jaden Davis, not, not necessarily like, in the rating, but someone who's going to attack the football, who's going to play the football, Um, you know, just the depth on the defensive line. Hopefully that means that you're going to have a better defensive line. Now you got a lot more size on your defensive line, especially on the interior than you did a year ago where you're still kind of transitioning from this, this era of the Alex Grinch speed D defensive tackle type to the, Brent Venables, hard nose. We're going to be big up front, physical, nasty type of defensive tackle. So it's still a bit of a transition because it takes time to turn that over. But when you add a guy like a Dejon Terry, yes, he was a rotational player for Tennessee, 
But when you ask him to come here and fill a role as a run stuffing nose tackle type, that's all you need him to be. You don't need him to come out here and be Vita Vea and go get 10 sacks and, you know, be an elite pass rusher. No, you need a guy to come in here and stop the run because where was Oklahoma really, really bad last year? Stopping the run. You can go back to the Baylor game, the West Virginia game, the K-State game. didn't matter. There were a lot of games where Oklahoma just couldn't slow down the running game. And while the game of football has taken on such a pass-heavy approach over the last 20 years, shout out Mike Leach, rest in peace, the game is still in a large way dictated by efficient running games. If you can't stop the run and San Fran and the San Francisco 49ers prove this out every single year, that if you can't stop the run, you're going to have a really, really hard time slowing down even a Brock Purdy led offense. And that's what we ran into last year with Oklahoma versus Baylor. Blake Shapin is not the greatest quarterback to ever walk the earth, but because their running game was so good, Blake Shapin didn't have to be the greatest running or quarterback to ever walk the earth. He just had to be good enough. And he was for them to score a bunch of points against the Sooners. So loading up interior defensive tackle types to really try and transform that run defense. That goes a long way to helping everything else get better. You get teams into more second and long third and long situations. Then you're going to be more efficient on defense, getting off the field on third down because it's a lot more difficult to convert a third down when it's third and seven plus. It's just the numbers bear that out statistically. Now this team gave up a lot of long third downs last year, but hopefully again, the pass rush is better with guys like Desan McCullough, Ron, Rondell Bothroyd. The, the coverage is better because of improved play from maybe a Woody Washington getting an improved player in a Gentry Williams over Jaden Davis, Peyton Bowen, you know, the, I feel like everything is getting a little, little bit better, but where that translates to points per game wise, that's going to be the question. I mean, they got to make a significant jump. They got to go from 30 points per game allowed to 25 points per game allowed. I mean, there's no telling like what that's going to take, but there's potential for that to be the case and maybe even better based on the schedule that they're facing. Because again, you're not facing a couple of the top offenses in the, in the big 12 this year in Kansas state and Texas tech, you know, Baylor, although they did put up a lot of points on you last year, they're not going to, they're not this high powered, you know, high octane offense. That's just going to run up and down the field on you with the passing game. Now they're going to run the football, but you're not facing a lot of like really, you know, good offenses. So there's potential for the, the, the defense just to be better just because of the opponents on the schedule. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to go play good defense against the schedule because on a weekend week out basis, you're not seeing the type of NFL talent that soon awaits you. Once you get to the sec on a weekend week out basis in conference play, uh, Oklahoma. I mean, to me, you look at it 106th nationally defending the run. So bad, like you said, 187.5 yards per game on the ground that Oklahoma gave up now uh, to for anybody out there that's screaming, hey, they weren't very good against the pass either. Yeah, they, technically they were worse against the pass than they were against the run, at least according to where they ranked nationally. They were 119th defending uh, the pass last season. But, you know, if you can't defend the run, a lot of times you can't defend the pass. So it, it all starts with being able to, to slow down the run game. I, I look at when things were going right for Oklahoma, John. 
Oklahoma racks up 312 yards rushing in that blowout win in Lincoln, Nebraska. 312 rushing yards Oklahoma had. So, yeah, it starts there. Oklahoma's got to be better uh, in that area. And I know that it's easier said than done when we're talking about dual threat guys. But uh, the West Virginia game with with the Garrett Greens of the world being assignment sound to where a mobile quarterback, if it's designed quarterback run, isn't a scary thing anymore. It's it's an exciting thing as a defense because you know, hey, this is my responsibility and everybody's going to handle said responsibility. Just the the little details. I know that we hear that all the time from from football players and coaching staffs and it's like, okay, yeah, well, is it little details or are you just not very good? And uh, maybe it's a combination of both, but I do think for Oklahoma, when you're that bad, John, probably, yeah, there were some little details that uh, this defense just didn't simply do well. And then all of a sudden, little details turn into uh, chunk details. Like said, third and 16 against Kansas State. A little detail, as in knowing your responsibility as the spy and not letting Adrian Martinez just rumble for 40-something yards. Uh, on a critical third down that would have gotten you the ball back and a chance to go and uh, potentially tie the game. So the little details matter. Being assignment sound matters. And maybe there's some optimism in this defense because you're now in your second year in this defense for guys like Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman and Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes, Marcus Stripling, Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly, Woody Washington, uh, Key Lawrence, Jaron Canick, the, the whole linebacker crew, like, They've got more experience. They've got more familiarity with the system, having spent now two off seasons in it. It should just, you know, familiarity breeds comfortability, which comfortability breeds confidence. So they're going to be able to play faster, play more confidently this year. 10 wins is not unreasonable for this team. You go three and zero in your non-conference. Then you just got to go seven and two in big 12 play. And we've, kind of chronicled this quite a bit in that the schedule is not daunting in the big 12 this year, the locations, the road trips you've got to make maybe to Nipert up in Cincinnati to Stillwater to play Oklahoma state to Provo to play BYU. Those are tough going into the cotton bowl against Texas. That's tough, but it is a navigatable schedule. That's going to put you on the cusp of another 10 win season. And hopefully Brent's first of many to come. But I, I think what he's saying is spot on. If the defense is better, this team looks a whole lot better, regardless of all the turnover you've seen on offense, you know, with respect to our, our friend here, uh, you know, Shayan J. Raja of CBS sports, you know, the offense, yes, there's a lot of turnover that's happening, but we trust Bill Biedenboe to figure out the offensive line, right? We trust Oklahoma to have skill position talent. So what are we, we're not necessarily concerned. There's been less trust on the defensive side of the ball because we had years and this isn't just Alex Grinch, but even before Alex Grinch, there were years of poor defensive play at Oklahoma that we're still trying to come back from. We're still trying to change a reputation and build something from the ground up. And Brent Venables and his staff are working on that, but it's going to take a little bit of time. But if they can be, you know, top 80, you know, in points per game, top 80 in yards allowed or better then it is going to be a significant difference for this team. And they're going to be easily three wins better, if not more. One final thought from me on this. And I think that you touched on a little bit of this right there, but it's hard for me not to just, just this quote and you know, the context of it maybe would make me feel differently, but just reading the quote quote, 
if we just get better on defense, we're going to win 10 plus games and have a chance to hang a banner up at the end of the year. End quote to me. What does that also tell me? And like I said, I thought maybe to some degree you touched on it right there. It tells me that Brent Venables feels good about what's going on offensively at Oklahoma, that the uh, worries that I and many others had coming out of the spring game about an offensive line that didn't uh, look altogether impressive throughout the spring game, that maybe Brent Venables is much, much higher on that, that a quarterback that is a mixed bag review for some out there in Sooner Nation, and I understand after number one overall draft picks and Heisman Trophy winners and somebody else in Jalen Hurts that now all of a sudden what he's doing with the Eagles people, you know, I mean, the quarterback play, we've been spoiled. We've we've gone down that rug. Brent Venables feels good about where Oklahoma's at offensively, clearly. I mean, he's saying right here that if we can just marginally improve or, you know, if he's saying we seriously improve, the offense is good enough to to go win a Big 12 championship, which I think, you know, corroborates some of what we've said right here on Locked On Sooners. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of all in this this feeling of things can improve that drastically for Oklahoma this year because the defense was so bad it can't get worse. But if it just makes marginal improvement, it's going to give them a chance to be better. And again, it's it comes back to key situations. And that's the difference between Oklahoma and TCU last year. TCU's defense was not good, but they were good in key situations. And that's the biggest difference. And if you're if you're clutch and you come through clutch in clutch moments, you win games. And we just saw Oklahoma softball do that, you know, all spring long, where you know, key moment, they came through clutch, the other team wasn't able to. So uh, well, Brent Venables, I love him, man. He he always gets me hyped. Like I can always count on Brent. I just need to have Brent Venables playing on loop first thing in the morning to just get me going in the day. If he hasn't marketed himself yet as a motivate motivational speaker yet, he needs to get on that train real quick because he he's got a future in that. But coming up, we got a big, big, big. Cannot overemphasize this enough. Big recruiting weekend. Champion Barbecue is coming. A huge list, both in player size and number of players uh, descending on Norman, Oklahoma this weekend. We'll touch on that a little bit. Um, before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at bird dogs, bird dogs, man. They make you look so, so good with their stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way, way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton. These give you all the flexibility and the, the fit and the fashion that you need in a short. It's that time of the year where you're going to be out in your shorts. So go to bird dogs, man, go get those anti-stink sweat wicking fabric shorts that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They keep you cool. You look cool. What better way to do it than going to bird dogs, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And you can also get you a sweet, sweet bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler. There it is. You haven't checked it out. I mean, this thing works great. I put the ice water in it one night before going to bed, forgot about it and left it on the counter, came back the next morning, still ice cold, tasted so good. Absolutely loved it. So birddogs.com slash locked on college to get that free Yeti style tumbler. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Josh, champ, you barbecue. Who's pumped? Who's pumped? The big names on campus coming this weekend. I'm just going to run down the list and, and we can have fun with it. Uh, but it starts with David Stone. Huge. Four-star defensive back, Devin Jordan. Three-star DB, Justin Denson. Four-star DB, Jaden Hardy. Oklahoma commit. Four-star defensive line, Joseph Jonah Ajonye, who, yes, he's kind of trending maybe towards Georgia, but this is a great opportunity for Brent Venables, Todd Bates, David Stone to get in his ear a little bit and maybe do a little recruiting. Uh, we're also talking about Nigel Smith, the guy that's long been projected to Oklahoma, another five-star defensive tackle, and Dominic McKinley, although LSU is on the prowl for the Louisiana native. Oklahoma's going to have a say in this recruitment as well uh, based on what we're seeing. And then you got five-star athlete Terry Bussey. This is one that's kind of come on strong of late, although Texas, Texas A&M seem to be the, the ones that are better positioned at the moment. Just spend a little time with Jeff Levy. Spend a little time with Jackson Arnold. Maybe that might change some things for you. Uh, we got our guy KJ Daniels, the wide receiver commit that's in there. Zena Umeuzolu, uh, edge rusher, four-star, four-star offensive tackle. Isaiah Autry committed, four-star offensive tackle. Bennett Warren, four-star wide receiver. Zion Kearney commit, four-star running back. Caden Durham, who, again, another LSU combat uh Recruiting battle, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, but Oklahoma is still very much in the mix for the track star um, out of uh, Texas. And then you got four-star linebacker James Nesta, four-star edge White Gilmore, four-star quarterback Samaj Jones, three-star linebacker Michael Boganowski, who's been very much trending towards Oklahoma, four-star running back Taylor Tatum, Caden Massey, the three-star offensive tackle, four-star offensive lineman Max Anderson, three-star DB Babu Torre, and three-star edge Jay Sean Ross that, again, another player that's come on strong of late. David Stone's buddy, three-star defensive back Michael Patterson-McDonald, 2025 linebacker Kane Brown, and 2025 five-star tight end Davin Mitchell. Whew! That's a big name, big list of prospects in Norman right now. This is a critical weekend. If there was ever a weekend that, that was – more important or the most important weekend that's not a game day this has got to be it oh it's gigantic and the, the fact that it begins with five-star david stone being in attendance and nigel smith is here i mean what those two recruits mean to this class how much time we've spent talking about david stone just individually and then uh, all of the other talent around it. I mean, Joseph Jonah Ajonye, as we start thinking about the rest of the the defensive line, uh, you know, talented athletes like Terry Bussey, who you mentioned, and I think Brian Smith has said right here, and he's our recruiting guru on the Locked On Networks. I think he said he's one of his favorite recruits, period, in this class, uh, Bussey is. So, no, there's all sorts of talent. Obviously, uh, I mean, you – like offensive tackle, you've got Autry coming in on and on and on. You've got, you know, commits that uh, in, in Autry and Kearney. And then uh, you, you've got, uh, you know, Caden Massey. I mean, you're trying to add to the offensive line commit that you already have. And, you know, you think about uh, the opportunity to impress somebody like 
well, any any of these recruits, David Stone, whoever, that you get on campus and all of a sudden you've got, you know, for, for like David Stone, you know the coaching staff, right? Just about anything you could know about the coaching staff, probably you know at this point. But the rest of these recruits, okay, great chance for them to make an impression on David Stone and, and anybody that's on this visitor list that we're talking about. Yeah, it's a great time to build relationship. And, you know, you mentioned David Stone. I mean, how much more can the guy need to know about the program? But if he ends up being an Oklahoma commit, then he's made really strong impressions on a lot of guys. And this is a great opportunity for him to get out there and, and make a pitch to like, hey, let's let's do this together sort of a thing that's it's about relationship building, you know, not just with the coaching staff, but with other prospects as well. I mean, these guys, they, they know each other a little bit, but these weekends, they kind of get to know each other a little bit more when they're sitting, having meals together, things like that. So it, it's a, it's as big of a weekend as you can have in the off season for Oklahoma to really, really set the tone for their future and set the stage and the foundation for what their future is going to look like in the sec. So much of it comes down to David stone and Williams Winery and Nigel Smith. Now they're not going to win all these recruiting battles against teams like Georgia or LSU, but you got to win some of them. And, and I think Oklahoma's positioned themselves very, very well uh, for a guy like Joseph Jonah Ajonier. But again, you're going up against Georgia. That's a tough battle. Uh, you're, you're in, you've gotten yourself in the mix for a guy like Dominic McKinley, who LSU might be the favorite for, but at least you're making you know, you're making some noise in that recruiting battle. Uh, you know, guys like Bennett Warren along the offensive line, like they're attacking every position and trying to make it better. And this is a huge weekend to be able to do that. And I mean, when you have, you have a camp happening and guy like Jason Witten, who apparently his son was attending this camp, but he's in Norman kind of mixing it up with Davin Mitchell a little bit and, and talking ball with Jeff Levy. I mean, that's just cool. Like it's a cool thing. Anytime you have just like a hall of famer drop by, uh, he's not a Hall of Famer yet, but he's a future Hall of Famer as one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. That's just cool, man. Like, what a cool week right now that Oklahoma's having uh, with the SEC schedule reveal, which, I mean, that in of itself, now you can sell that to recruits. Like, hey, look, look at all of these SEC players that get drafted every single year. Look at the number of SEC players that go first round every single year. It always, it always, like, far surpasses that of the Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12. You want a good chance to go to the NFL? Your best shot is going to come, is going to be by going to the SEC. And we think we we have the cachet to be able to help you get there. Well, there's a lot of NFL players from Alabama and from Georgia of late and, and the LSUs of the world. How about if you go uh, show out against uh, Alabama and Georgia and LSU? Well, that's really going to look... Uh, terrific for your stock as well. And now Oklahoma, they've got that that uh, recruiting card that they can play. And oh, by the way, the uh, we hope in uh, 2023 and beyond, all of a sudden you're going to have the the wins to to play as a recruiting card as well. But it's not as though Oklahoma put every single egg into this weekend's basket. But you know, with, with Winery coming the week before and Hawkins uh, and others coming last week. It, it, not not everything is into this champion barbecue weekend but let's just be let's just be honest uh, about it yeah there's a lot going on this weekend for Oklahoma and these are recruitments that uh, like you said you're not going to win every single one of them because you're never going to win every single one of them but Oklahoma needs to win a healthy margin 
of these. And this needs to be a successful, successful weekend for Oklahoma on the recruiting front for them to get where we all want Oklahoma to go. So much of honestly, the future um, depends on this weekend. And, you know, I, I hate to put a, a program's kind of destiny on the decisions of high school kids, but a lot of it does depend on this. You know, a lot of it depends on bolstering your lines on both sides of the football to get ready for sec play. You have a lot of offensive linemen and defensive linemen in town this weekend. It's now's the time to make that impression, make that big sell and lock in some commitments and then carry it on to signing day. But we'll follow this along as it goes through the weekend. We'll have more for you coming on uh, the Monday episode. So make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. Again, subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But until Monday, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll talk to you then. Boomer sooner.